Let me bless you. Let me bless you as we get going today. I bless you in the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully. I bless you that you would receive the guidance from God if you need guidance, the help of God if you need help, the healing of God if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, your spirit. I bless you to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you, no matter your circumstances, to feel peace. No matter your circumstances, to feel love. No matter your circumstances, to feel hope. And no matter your circumstances, to feel joy. I bless you with this in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Amen. Hello, summer people. It's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, it's good to see you all. Welcome back to our series on prayer. We're trying to figure out how prayer works. We're trying to figure out how to see um, see more answered prayers in our lives. I want you to receive much more answered prayer than what you've been experiencing thus far in your life. And so we're looking at how prayer works according to the Bible and, and what the Bible says. Today, today we're going to clarify some things. That will help explain why we don't see a lot of instant answered prayer. And also we're going to talk about uh, understanding more accurately what happens behind the scenes when we, we pray. What's going on that we don't see but is genuinely happening. But we've started this study, in case you're visiting or new here, we've been starting this study by looking at what Jesus says our expectations ought to be when it comes to prayer. And Jesus clearly and repeatedly over and over again, which is another way of saying repeatedly, uh, says that we ought to expect everything that we ask for in his name, according to God's will, everything we ask for, we should receive in prayer. <clears throat> is that your experience? Um, it is definitely not my experience. And so we, we are, we're talking about this. We want to know what, what's going on here because Jesus is not a liar. But according to the Bible, prayer ought to work better. So, so what's going on there? Thus far, we have talked about how to structure a prayer. Uh, God hears all prayers, but there are certain things to have in prayer, our prayers and certain structures to be in our prayers that greatly increase the chances, uh, I guess probably, the probability of, of our prayers being answered. And so Jesus, the first thing when he was teaching on how to pray, he gave an example, a structure example on that. Um, so we've talked about prayer structure, and I want to remind you as we get going here that Jesus did not promise instant answered prayer. He said everything, but he did not say everything instantly. Just make sure we, we hold on to that uh, as we go through the study. For the last few weeks now, we have been looking at the five culprits, the five things that might lead towards unanswered prayer or hindered and blocked and delayed answered prayer. The first one being God's will. If it's not in accordance with God's will, it is not happening, right? That, that's a deal breaker. And we talked about that. Then we talked about um, our faith and, and praying with faith and expectation. Last week, Laura Campbell talked about free will of people and its interaction with, with answered prayer. Thank you. Thank you. I was in Belfast teaching. Um, thank you for allowing me to be there. And what a gift. I did listen to it. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay. So uh, great. And, and now we're going to be talking about another free will component, component, the free will of spiritual beings. 
followed by the next two weeks talking about the dynamics of the spiritual battle when it comes to seeing prayers answered. So we're talking about today the free will of angelic beings, which is angels and demons. Demons being led by Satan. But the first thing we need to make sure we're clear on is that all angelic beings, angels and demons, all have free will. They all have free will. And their free will massively impacts how swiftly and how frequently you are experiencing answered prayer. They, they mess with the dynamics. They are real and they impact the dynamics. Now, this is a big piece we need, to, we need to be aware of as we're seeking breakthrough and answers of prayer. Now, I understand <laughs> most people in our generation, uh, Christians definitely struggle with chat about angels and demons. There are some who can't get enough, and there are some who the word says enough. I don't even want to hear that weird stuff. So I don't know what category you're, at, you're in, but there are definitely some people who are just not wanting to go there. When it comes to prayer, and, and they'd be like, okay, can we just, can we just, you know, obviously God needs to be a part of the discussion on prayer. Can we just have this prayer being about, you know, me and God? Just, just keep, it, keep it simple. Why, why does there have to be any of that weird stuff out there, angels and demons? Uh, can we just leave that out and just make prayer about you? No. <laughs> we can't do that. We can't do that because... Most everything that happens, most everything that follows your prayer request takes place in the spiritual realm. The realm of angels, the realm of demons. And we usually see none of that. I say the word usually, and that's important. We usually see none of that. We usually only see the final results. Has it happened? Has it not happened? Is it, and so we're, we're looking at re results, uh, but where most everything that happens when we pray is taking place in that spiritual realm. So today I want to peel back the curtains. Uh, I want to make sure we understand what the Bible says happens when we pray. And, and with that understanding, I think we will find some extra direction when it comes to pushing more forward for breakthroughs and, and answer to prayer. But let's start in the beginning. The Bible begins with these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this includes all that we see and all that we don't see. Maybe we should say what most people don't see very often. Okay? Made it all. And in a very, very basic sense, at least for the purposes connected to prayer, there's three realms that we need to be aware of. There are other realms, but there are these three we need to be aware of. Number one, heaven. And heaven is where God's will is done ideally and perfectly. There's no sin. There's no evil. It is only perfection. Heaven. Secondly, earth. That's a physical earth. That's the one that we're the most experienced with. To see what we see, taste, touch, feel, all that kind of stuff. And then there's this in-between realm. And Paul in Ephesians 6 calls it the heavenlies or the heavenly places. And it's the area where... Satan and his demonic cohorts, uh, Satan is a demon, where, where, they, where they exist in, it's not heaven. Satan's been thrown out of heaven, okay? And it's, it's more here on earth. It's more here on earth. Uh, it, it's here, but it's usually, and I'm going to keep saying that, it's usually unseen by most physical things. But we're going to call it the spiritual realm 
because heaven leads is too close to heaven, and I want to just make sure we're, we're distinct on those three things. Now, in case you're feeling lost, no worry. Picasso has made a drawing for you. Okay, Picasso. Brian, Picasso, Picasso. Here we go. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so here, here's, here's our drawing. Brian, you should make, you should make a book uh, of this. Um, we need something. It looks like what I received from my children when they were very little. Anyways, so at the top you've got heaven. Only pure there. Only good. Only, only good. And then the green represents the physical world, the, the, the earth. There we go. And then you've got the red. The red bit, which is the spiritual realm. And notice it's, it's in the earth zone. It's in the earth zone. You've got the little um, spiritual red beings down on the earth, usually unseen, but it's in that zone. It's in that zone. And what we need to make sure we understand is that the, the earth, the physical and the spiritual realm greatly impact each other. What, ha what, the, what happens in the physical impacts the spiritual. What happens in the spiritual impacts the physical. They are at the same zone even though we don't perceive them usually. Not all, sometimes we do, but, but, not, but not usually. They each impacts the other. Now, according to the Bible here, God created everything good, and yet one day, one of the most powerful angelic, maybe the most, but one of the most powerful angel named Lucifer decided he was not okay being in second place, and he launched a revolt in heaven for the throne. And according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, it seems that a third of the angels took their free will and joined with Lucifer at the time, his free will, to try and rebel against God's will. And they tried to take over heaven. And yet, it seems two-thirds of the angels of God kept their free will in alignment with the God of heaven. And so they, they stood with God. And ultimately, Lucifer lost the war. He's cast out of heaven. We do not call him Lucifer anymore. We call him the devil, deceiver. We call him, we call him um, Satan. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning, Luke chapter 10, out of heaven. So um, <clears throat> we've talked about this next draw drawing. Okay, so from that moment on, fallen angels, which include Satan and, and all that, they have set their free will to completely oppose God's ideal will. That, that would be their, their mission currently, to do everything in their power to keep things as far as possible away from God's ideal will. That's, that's what they want. So drawing two, um, we have talked about this drawing in the past, but now I'm going to add to it. Whoa, you, Ingraham. Wow, wow, wow. Bringing it back. So God's ideal will is at the top, and then you've got what God allows in the middle, and we talked about that a, a long time ago, but basically how we on earth are trying to pray that God's ideal will is done on earth as it is in heaven from the Lord's prayer. <clears throat> okay, so that's, that's what we're doing there. Um, but they're not the same. God's allowed will is different. But now what we're adding to this is the enemy's will. The enemy's will, and that's down at the bottom. And that is always the exact opposite of God's will. That's the exact opposite. With his free will, Satan and friends... Enemies, I don't know how they get on. I, I, I'm gonna guess it's selfish and evil and awful, kind of like never mind. Uh, <clears throat> so, and it's free will, they are expending their greatest efforts to pull things away from God's ideal for your life and for, for everybody's life. 
Okay, so back to our story here. <clears throat> so Satan <clears throat> and all his followers, they get cast out of heaven, and they come down to the earth zone, which was made for people. And this place God created for people, and where God gave people full authority to rule and to, to decide what happens here on earth. But Satan comes along in Genesis chapter 3, and he deceives them. And these people, they chose to take their free will and turn away from God's free will, just like the demons did. Same thing. And follow Satan. And in his rebellion against God's ideal free will, or God's ideal will. And when we as people did this, we chose to no longer follow God's ideal will, but instead to follow the enemy's will. And we, the people of planet Earth, joined our free will with Satan's free will in agreement against God's ideal. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 3. We, we made a powerful agreement to be in, um, in, take our free will and turn against God. And, and instead want what the enemy wants done on earth. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, after Jesus has risen from the dead, after decades of the church growing and expanding, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that the, Satan is still the god of this age. He's the god of this age, and that's because most people on planet earth still stand in agreement where they, what they want is what the enemy wants. And they're in, in, that, in that agreement there. But from Genesis 3 on, and the fall of humanity, people, like the demons, have all wanted the enemies. Okay, let me show you a drawing. Okay, drawing. Okay. Oh, wait, I've added to it. Wow. Is that rain? No. That is not rain. That is, like according to Romans 3, all have turned away. Have together become worthless. No one chooses God. Not, not, no, no one wants God. Not even one. Like all, all, all have turned away. Th this is the starting point now for planet Earth. Humanity's will is desiring the enemy's will, fleeing from God's will. We don't want God's ideal will. We don't want holiness in our lives. We don't want purity in our lives and in our culture. We want selfishness. What will make me happy, it doesn't matter how it impacts other people. I want to be happy. I deserve to be happy. It is about me. Like, that, is, that is all pulling away from God's uh, uh, ideal will. And I'm not, okay, well, God, be, uh, the, be, there's some theology in there. Don't overapply that. Anyways, but, but, that, but pulling away from God's ideal there. And I, I do want to say, though, here that um, this is pretty, a pretty awful reality for planet Earth, in case you haven't experienced that. Total agreement. Between people whom God gave the authority to say what, what happens and doesn't happen on the earth, to rule the earth, to lead the earth, and that agreement between people and the enemy, to whom people have chosen to follow instead of God. If it wasn't for God's grace, is if it wasn't for God placing limits, like we read about in Romans 1 and other passages, if it wasn't for him placing limits, we would just be down on the red line. But, but in his grace, he has put limits on how awful things can go. And sometimes he moves that up and down depending on, on what happens there. But, but man, that's just God's grace. So Jesus shows up. So Jesus shows up and one of the reasons he came, 1 John chapter 3, was to destroy the works of the devil. 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 5. He came to disarm, to disarm the powers and authorities and making a public spectacle of them on the cross. A massive amount of Jesus' ministry was encountering the demonic, sending it fleeing, setting people free from the spiritual force of evil that were impacting, tormenting, and harassing their, their lives, setting them free from the dominion, domination of darkness in their life. After Jesus is crucified and rises from the dead, he breaks the death grip of the enemy and he starts a new kingdom of people set free from partnership with the will of the enemy. A people who are now dedicated, in theory, dedicated to be in partnership with the will of God in heaven. A people who are, are switching teams from, from, from the enemy's ideal back to God's ideal and wanting that to take place on earth as it is in heaven. Now there's so much to say about this, but that's enough basic stuff for now to, to help us really understand what's going on when we pray. That's just make, setting the table for us. For today, when it comes to understanding prayer and what might be delaying and or blocking your prayers, you need to understand that Satan and his fellow demons are working with all their free will and power to stop your prayers from being answered. And they're trying to get you to, first of all, stop praying. So how do, how do they get you to stop praying? Oh, you're too busy to pray. You don't, you don't have time to pray. You know what? You've got this day. You don't need to pray. No. You've got it. It's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You, you, you don't need help today from God. You don't need God's intervention in your life. It's going to be fine. Apathy. I'm too tired to pray. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't seem to work for me, so, you know, God probably isn't listening. Whatever, okay, I, I'm sorry, I'm going off. Anyways, <clears throat> so he's trying to get, he's trying to use all his free will and power to get you to stop praying, to keep you from praying with faith and expectation. To, is, did God really say everything? That can't really be true. Did he, you know, do you really think God cares about you, that he even thinks about you? I mean, okay, he knows the number of hairs on your head, not easy for you, Ingraham, but uh, that, that sort of thing, like, 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 he gets it. But he also wants to hinder and delay. And this is a big thing that's happening with your prayers. He wants to hinder and delay all your good prayers. Fight against their answer, ideally until you give up praying. That's what he's trying to, to resist. To resist. And he's going to fight against your prayers being answered as hard as he can, for as long as he can, so that the enemy keeps having his ideal taking place on earth, not God's. And we don't want that to happen, right? We want God's ideal to be done, and so... I want us to understand two things that happen when we pray. First of all, agreement shifts. This is massive. Agreement shifts. Okay, I, I've worded this, and it's, it's kind of un, unnecessarily complicated, but I'm going I'm to try and say it anyways. When we pray, we are combining our will as a person on earth with God's ideal will. At the same time, we are breaking the normal, unanimous agreement between people and the enemy's will. Because we've switched directions. Here's a drawing. Okay. Brian, 
This gets better every time. A little bit of blue, a little bit of wonder. Anyways, now, now you can see in this picture that most everyone is still wanting what the enemy wants done. But there's a person praying. Maybe a couple people praying. Maybe a couple people praying in agreement, but there's a, there's a person praying. And when you pray then, an extraordinarily powerful agreement takes place between heaven and earth that wasn't there before you prayed. Before it was all one way. But now, even with one person shifting, an extraordinary powerful agreement takes place. Usually, people are partnered with the enemy, but when Jesus' people pray, all of a sudden, Satan's unanimous grip on how things are to be is loosened. And a very eager God to answer the prayer that his will be done on earth, as it is in heaven, jumps to release people and angels to bring about the answers to prayers. He has been waiting for someone on earth, a person on earth. God's like, you want, my, you want what I want done on earth? <laughs> me too. <laughs> of course I want that. Well, finally, we have agreement between me, God speaking, between me and a person on earth that I said, how you want it to be, that's, I entrust you to lead this planet. Okay, you're saying you want it to be my way? Let me help you. Because I have a vested interest in wanting it to be how I want it to be. And so, well, let me just, a side note here. Maybe you've wondered, if God's all-powerful and God's all-good, why is there so much evil in my life? Or why is there so much evil in the world? I don't know if you've ever had that thought. Everybody has. Or, or heard somebody talk about that. The answer is, God has genuinely given people authority on earth to lead, and we have mostly chosen to run after what the enemy wants on planet earth. And God, with some limits, has let us do that. Has let us cultivate this as an evil place. Not at all what he ideally want, wants for the earth. And yes, we are doing an awful job on planet earth. We are destroying it. The, the thief comes to steal, to kill, destroy. That's, that's planet earth 101. Seems like for a lot of us, just right in line with the heart of the enemy. We're destroying it. We're being evil to one another. Awful is everywhere. But God eagerly, eagerly wants things done more like his ideal. And the second someone prays that, that what, he, what God wants done is done, God's like, yes, I agree. I want this too. And even though, even though 7 billion people might be wanting evil to happen, if, uh, if God's people, a few of them, if one or two or five of them or ten of them stand up and say, God, we want your will to be done, this is where God's surpassing all-powerful, uh, all-powerful nature uh, trumps everything. Like, where is this all-powerful God? Well, he comes in agreement. And when some people switch and make that agreement with him, this is, we want your will genuinely done, done and that's where God starts to really show up. If you pray with faith, in alignment with God's will, you can expect God to answer your prayers. He is eager and probably more eager to answer your prayers than you are. Okay, Brian, you make this sound so easy every time. And, and you know, every time I'm listening, I'm like, okay, that, okay, that's so simple. But why, then, are so many of our prayers still unanswered? There are other reasons, and we keep talking about this. But the other one that we're talking about today is the issue of the battle. The battle. When we pray with faith, 
in agreement with God's ideal will, a battle breaks out in the spiritual realm. Drawing five. Yeah, it's beauty. So good. When we pray, God hears our prayers. As I said before, some prayers are more effective than others. But let's just say you're praying an effective prayer. You're praying it with faith. You're praying in alignment with God's will. And Jesus says, yes. Ask the Father anything in my name and he will do it. So you're, you're the green person circled with blue and you're praying your prayer up to heaven, and, and it's a good faith-filled prayer, and heaven hears. Now, I said this before, but God does not promise instant answered prayer. Because most of the time, God answers prayers via people and angels. Most of the time. Yeah, there's lots of examples in the Bible of God answering prayers through people and angels, like like um, Peter's in prison and the angel busts him out. Why? Why doesn't God just do his thing? And why, does God, why doesn't God just, just do all the answers to prayer? Why does he use people and angels? It doesn't matter. That's just how, that's just how it works. That's, that's how God describes him, his preferred way of, of answering prayers, through people and through angels. And so what happens is, is um, when we pray, your prayer launches a battle as the answered prayer is coming down from the throne room of heaven towards earth. Daniel chapter 10, we've talked about this. It describes exactly what's happening here. And Daniel is praying. He's praying for 21 days. What does he see? Nothing. He sees no answer to his prayer week one, week two, week three. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine, day ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, six, seven, eight, nineteen, twenty. Like he doesn't see anything in answer to our prayer. That's probably how many of you feel about your prayer request. I don't see anything, right? And then the angel shows up to, and brings his prayer, and 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 he explains why he didn't see any answered prayer. It wasn't because of his faith. It wasn't because of God's will. It was he, the angel says that the second he prayed, the the answer was released. The angel was released to bring the answer to prayer. But he was held up by the prince of Persia, which would be one of those red flying things. <laughs> and, 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 and he was held up there by this demonic, this demonic entity which was blocking the angel from getting through to Daniel. There's a spiritual war going on. And in fact, he describes he was hung up there, and the reason he was able to get free is because another angel came, Michael, archangel, came, and he engaged in that war, and that set him free to come down with the answered prayer and bring the prayer uh, to, to Daniel. So Daniel prays, heaven listens, and, and yet Daniel sees no answer for weeks. But the prayer is on the way. It's being held up because of the spiritual battle. In this case, the, the demon called the prince of Persia is blocking, delaying the answer to prayer. In Ephesians 6, Paul says, this is the battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It, it, blood it's against, it's, we're fighting against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly realms. Fallen angels, like the prince of Persia, like any demon, are, trying as hard, are working as hard as possible to keep your prayers from being answered. Blocking everything that they can. Making people feel insecure. God gives somebody a, a word of encouragement for you. And then they feel like they're making it up. I'm just going to make that person feel insecure so they don't bring that encouraging word. 
Uh, you, you need help. God sees that you need help. You're praying for help. And, and God puts on his heart somebody to come and help you. And then the person gets all insecure. Who am I to go and just impose myself and, and, and be helpful? And so they don't, they don't do it. The, 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 they're, they're trying to keep things from, from happening. But the good news is when it comes to answered prayer, there's lots of things that we can do to swing the battle in our favor. Not only do we have an all-powerful God, there's lots of things that we can do to, to see more breakthroughs coming. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next couple weeks. But before, you know, I would just leave it here, but I want to give you at least some tips before we get to the next two weeks of goodness. For now, I encourage you to keep praying. I encourage you to keep praying. Never give up on praying. Pray as hard as you can for your prayers to be answered. And just understand your prayer has launched a battle in heaven. You don't perceive it, possibly, but that battle in heaven is going to be fought until either you stop praying, battle over, or the answer comes. So keep praying. Just because you can't see anything happening doesn't mean it's not happening. Keep praying. Secondly, I encourage you to be mindful of this, and, and this, is, this is what I do when I perceive that I'm praying in line with God's will and with faith, and yet I'm still feeling things are not happening and breakthroughs not coming, I will, I will be mindful of this spiritual battle, and I will engage in that spiritual battle. And, and I will make a declaration, something like this, in Jesus' name. I forbid any and every demonic spirit from blocking the answer to my prayer. In Jesus' name, I forbid this. There is to be no blocking of my answered prayer. Uh, I, I might also say, you know, I bind every unclean spirit that, that is trying to block my prayers from being answered. And, and also, I bless every angel or person that has been released to bring answer to my prayer. If it's a person that they would have courage, that they would have audacity, that they would not be held back, that they would not be duped or lied to, that if it's an angel, that there would be reinforcements coming so that the answer comes through. I bless the, the, the answer to the, my prayer, and if there's, there's blocking, then, then being released. Okay, Brian, that's so weird. I don't care. I want answered prayer. Uh, I, and, and sometimes we just have to get past that and just be like, okay, I want to see breakthrough. And if this is, the, this is how the Bible describes it working, then I want to partner with heaven in this moment. And I don't want to just be like, eh, it's kind of strange. I like to have a picture at the end of these times. And so here's, here's our picture. Now, um, it's not a photograph. It is also not a Brian drawing. This picture happens to be, I mean, you already know, but U.S. Uh, US Major General Jacob Brown giving orders in 1814, of course, of course. To capture a hill, happened to be held by the British, but we won't say anything. Uh, so he's, he's issuing orders to capture a, a fort on the top of the hill. Prayer is like a general giving orders. The orders start something, prayer starts something, and the battle begins. The general needs to keep the fighting going and to keep the orders flowing to keep engaging the battle until there's victories. The order, the prayer request, doesn't win the hill. It begins the battle, 
that has to be kept with until there is victory. Again, it's usually not instant. And even if you don't see the battle, your prayers launch a battle that can be won if you stick with it because you don't, you don't have to worry about do we have enough firepower on our side. We have God. That's not the issue. We, but we need to stay with it. And that's why we'll talk about perseverance. That's why we'll talk about other things uh, as we, we look at the tools we have to, to, to wage this battle. But that's, that's a picture of prayer at the beginning. It starts a battle. It starts a battle that we need to stick with. So my challenge for you this week, it's, a, um, it's in preparation for the next two weeks. I want you to uh, make a list of all the things you can think of that the Bible says increase the chances of your prayers winning against the free will of the enemy who is against your request. If you Google, if you um, do a Bible word search on winning against the free will of the enemy, you're not going to get anywhere <laughs> in, the ba- in your Bible search. Um, but, you, you know, things, things like perseverance, fasting, stuff like that, things that, th- things that can help. Okay, but you can make a list and we'll get ready for the next couple weeks about how to do this. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for us all. Father, I ask and I plead with you that you would be quick to answer our prayers. That you'd be quick to help us. Quick to listen, quick to act. That you would send reinforcements from heaven to aid all of the answers to our prayers. God, I also ask that you would open our eyes wider when it comes to understanding the spiritual realities that are impacting our lives every day. Give us discernment, understanding, perception, so that we could be more aware, we be more aware. And God, I just pray that victory will come to all of us, that your breakthroughs would come to all of us, that you would hear and act swiftly. In Jesus' name, amen.